Hello and welcome to the Mountain Pod, the podcast that explores what it's like to live up in the mountains. Um, before I get into this week's uh, guest, which is a good one, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone that has uh, sent me a message or written to me or text or whatever it's been and said some nice things about the podcast. It has been really fun to do and I hope that you guys are enjoying it. So I do appreciate those comments. So thank you very much. And now to this week's guest, which, um, as I said, it's a good one. Um, Dangerous Dave White. I actually never asked him if he is okay with the nickname Dangerous Dave um, or whether it's something that's just stuck. Um, I think it's fair to say he does in a way warrant the name Dangerous Dave because he's done some incredible stuff uh, around the world. Um, how do you introduce a guy like him? I guess I guess I can just say the stuff he, he's done. So he's a chef, he's worked uh, in Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. He now owns a restaurant in the southwest of France called Method. It's um, actually, I'm about to say it's a really cool restaurant. Um, I've never been, but I'm sure it's a really cool restaurant. And I certainly want to go and it just looks amazing. Um, he's also a free skier, so he, he's uh, entering into the World Freeride Tour. I, I don't know if I've got that competition right, but he competes in free riding. Um, he won the British Championship, so he's won uh, for the slope style when he was a bit younger. Uh, he also does base jumping and skydiving. Uh, and his recent thing, which we talk about a lot in the first half, is his um, attempt to climb Everest. Um, he is going to re-attempt it. It was meant to be this year, but it got cancelled. Um, but he was going to, uh, he attempted to summit um, two years ago, I believe, um, when the injuries, um, of which he's had many over the years, as you can imagine, doing all these crazy things, um, uh, got the better of him just as he was getting to about six, 7,000 metres. Um, the first half of the podcast, we talk in depth about that, that uh, what it's like to actually climb Everest. And I certainly found out a lot about what it actually means. <laughs> I was a little bit in the dark or just naive about what it actually entails. Um, so that's the first half of the conversation. And then in the second half of the conversation, we sort of explore um, um, you know, why he does what he does. And um, also, you know, how he makes the sort of seasonal work uh, um, work for him, you know, how, how the seasons, how they, how he gets by and all that stuff. One thing that really struck me with Dave and has always struck me with him is he's, he's a very honest and very open guy. You know, if you do look at his social media, it's um, <clears throat> it looks like quite the, quite the life of just constantly doing incredible stuff, of which he does. But he also talks very openly about the harder times and what it is to sort of, you know, why he does those things. And I found those bits of the conversation particularly interesting. Anyway, I feel like I've been talking an awful, awful lot, so I'm now going to shut up and let you enjoy the conversation. Um, I'll be back at the end uh, for more of this uh, chat, but yeah, for now, enjoy uh, uh, Dangerous Dave White. up the sound so appreciate that last time where did I put that? last time last time we did it mate it was a brilliant chat and we chatted about everything um and i really just wanted to chat again about that but we don't have to talk about the same stuff let's do it talk about whatever you want mate let's just talk about the same stuff <laughs> let's just talk about let's try and make stuff. it better yeah exactly 
Um, a lot of things happened since then, actually. Yeah, so. what's what's been the main thing? What did you, yeah, yeah. what? Because um, it was about a few months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Everest got cancelled. Oh. The plan was to ski in the North Cole. Yeah, so the plan was to leave on the 29th of March um, for the second attempt. Uh, and then basically we were going to get there mm. and then wait for the visas and then head up to, to the north side. And the plan was to ski the north face and then come back down and then go for the summit. So that was that was the plan. And will it happen again? It's going to happen again, yeah. So we're going to go. Yeah. So it's basically everything's just been pushed back at you. Oh, okay. So it will 100% happen again. Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel about that? Do you feel like, yes, I've got more time to train or is it I've got more time to worry about it? <laughs> I kind of, a little bit, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I, I am stoked because now, fingers crossed, we get a full hit of the summer for the mm. restaurant. Oh, yeah. So we go full swing. Because yeah, I was yeah. nervous about not being yeah. there for like, till like, 5th of June. Yeah, yeah. So now that's positive. Yeah. So it's just good for my partners too. Um, so I'm going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, on the bright side, I'm still like getting out of breath, skinning up <laughs> to the mark, So, <laughs> And I'm going to be like double plus altitude. Yes. Yeah. So it's not going to... I've been then going down in the summer, back down to sea level. It's, it's hard to train, but one thing that when we spoke last time, you were telling me about Everest. One thing I'd never understood properly was just the amount of time that you have to spend yeah. on a mountain. My in my head and naively was you'd uh, um, get to base camp, you know, a couple of days. Couple of days out, couple of days back, back in time for cup of tea, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was you know four five week ordeal. Yeah, it's like well, it's about two months. Two months, yeah. Wow. You basically there's a lot of reasons why uh, a lot is to do with altitude, mm. so you can only climb a thousand, a thousand meters basically. Yeah. If you climb anything, if you go higher than that, especially at that altitude, then you're gonna get altitude sickness, um, which is fatal up there. Um, not all the time, obviously. Yeah. Um, so you fly in, when we fly into to Nepal, we'd be in Kathmandu, yeah. we'd wait for our visas, and then we'd go through the Himalayas, yeah. uh, and then we'd go, so north side, we'd drive through, it'd take like 11 hours yeah. just to drive through. That was the worst, worst part of the journey. That's when I started to get this real bad back problem. Oh. Sitting in the bus with all the Sherpas in this tiny bus. All the Sherpas, all the crew, there was like 16 of us in this tiny little bus. And we're going through the worst possible roads you can imagine. Bumps and cliff drops. It was hectic, but beautiful. Yeah. So that's 11, that was like an 11 hours coach drive. And then that's when we hit the, and then we sleep, we stop off. And then you go through these gnarly borders and there's people, yeah, it's hectic. <laughs> you eventually get into the Chinese border and it's just like paradise. And then this massive wall, something <laughs> like Chump had built. It was like this massive fucking wall. And then the ba- the worst thing about Chinese border is they're going for your laptops. Obviously, I had like porn on there, <laughs> uh, and they're making you in front of everyone. You have to delete it. So they're going oh through. All, so it was like full on. They're going. They're not missed. They're going through every single Everything. item I have. So it took, we were there for more, probably just under a day mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Uh, in this, just in the middle of nowhere. 
and then obviously we eventually get through um, and uh, we're not too far from Tibet and then um, now we're like real third world countries so. yeah people cooking in wardrobes and candlelight with stray dogs at their feet and yeah it's bad yeah um so yeah the food i had then was terrible what do they say what kind of stuff is it um it's kind of i had a foe at the time oh yeah um so it's it's a lot of like water-based broth food yeah um yeah Obviously, there's a lot of dolls, like a deck of dolls there, yeah. but there's more. That's more Nepalese. Yeah. So here it's more like water broths mm. and yak. Yeah. <laughs> I've had. I've had to, I stayed in Tibet and I had a yak tea in the morning. And yeah. That is one hell of a ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah, gets was, you going. I'm not sure if it was if it was I got food poisoning there, yeah. or if I got altitude sickness. Because yeah. when we left there to yeah. head to Tibet, yeah. we go over a high pass of like 5,000 metres and then back down to the... That's top. just mad, 5,000 metres. That's like mad. It was, it was, yeah, it was such... We gained so much altitude fast. A lot of the clients who were with were like, they were fuming because they weren't feeling well because we'd gained a lot of altitude. But we weren't walking, we were in the car and yeah. then we rested for a day in this like concrete prison. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> You, you think it's really good when you see a bathtub, but there's obviously no hot water. So you're just like... So that's when I was super sick. I oh got sick man. then, real bad. Eesh. Fever, hallucination, oh my God. Um, projectile vomit. It was bad. Yeah. So I had to go back down, actually. So I had to go back down. And then um, I had, and I actually recovered quite quickly. Yeah. And then I, next time I met the group and right. carried on through to basically... like the show because I just can't get my head around the kind of life they lead they're you know? super they're super nice super mm. human they all like smash ciggies really they basically I've never the Sherpa I had was called Pasimba he was about five foot tall he was an absolute absolute machine and every time I stopped to catch my breath he was smoking ciggy <laughs> Honestly, and he was an absolute legend. They're all so, they're fucking, they're brilliant. And a lot of them, so they'll come up and they'll work for like two months. And then they get, they get um, tipped well at the end. Yeah. So let's say, for example, they get five grand for that, putting their life at risk. Yeah. Um, and then that puts their family and um, children through school in Kathmandu. Oh, right. For the year. Right. So, so now, so Southside would be fine, but there's, They'd probably find work on the south side because it'd be yeah. more busy now. Yeah. But obviously the year before would have been really, really bad for them. Really bad for them, yeah. It would have been super tough for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just always, I find it, yeah, I find it, I just find it interesting that that's their life and they're probably looking at all these people coming up, you know, you said yourself, you have yeah, yeah, just yeah. casually having a cigarette. Just, just pumping loads of ciggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're good. And then normally, like, I, all, a lot of my gear I gave to Pasimba, oh, obviously nice. gave him a tip and... Um, stuff so yeah so like they get they get a lot of donations too but they yeah they're brilliant superhuman and you were saying last time you were doing it for what was the charity so we raised money for snow camp charity snow camp, yeah. and protect our winters yeah. last year yeah. and this year is going to raise money and raise raise awareness for calm yeah yeah and then um um and basically 
it's raising awareness for like anxiety, yeah, um, depression, yeah, and just trying to get people to speak out about yeah. it. Yeah, that's really good because particularly this year with everything yeah. going on, you know, I'm hoping that one of the good conversations that comes out of all this solitary confinement, enforced solitary confinement for many, is talks about you know anxiety and depression. Yeah, I've been really. Uh, um, encouraged by the fact of common conversation because it used not to be a conversation it used to be like just get on with it man up chin up and all that stuff and so good for you man that's good that you know. yeah no no absolutely like, like I mean one of the reasons before it was kind of to go and just make yourself realise how lucky you are yeah because you yeah. put yourself in in the gnarly scenarios up there mm. like didn't shower for two months yeah Um, I mean Constantly having a bad stomach, so yeah. when you go to the toilet, you imagine what it's like going to the toilet, it's freezing cold, there's just a hole in the floor, and you only sit on a tripod. And nine times out of ten, you've got a really bad stomach, so <laughs> yeah. it just goes on the backs of your legs. Oh. <laughs> there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um, and you've got baby wipes, nine times out of ten, they've frozen, so you can't use them. <laughs> you can't use toilet roll because it gives you like a, a bad backside, so. So it's, yeah, it's 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 bit bit of torture, but you get you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you got back to a hotel with a bed and warm water, that must have been epic. When I, I mean, when I I got to like seven thousand four hundred meters, when I got to the top, and then that was our turnaround point. That's when I was like, my back was bad. I had a cyst that, oh, yeah. that popped on my on my back, and I had nothing. I couldn't do anything about it, and I'd left it for like a week. And it smelt so bad. So I just had those Compte blister plasters. Oh, yeah, so I just yeah. stuck them all over it just to try and hide the smell. Uh, but when I got down, I saw saw the nurse. And she was just like, yeah, I mean, you can keep going if you want, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not looking great. I had anti- I had like um, yeah. amoxicillin and stuff that I got from some random Chinese supermarket. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to be taking that. So that's yeah. why I decided to leave early. And when I got back to the hotel in Kathmandu, I had a shower. It was, I think it was an, it was, it must have been the World Cup. It was the World Cup of the Euro. I can't remember. Well, was it a few years got, ago? Wasn't it two years ago? Three years ago now. Or it could have been. 2018. 2018, yeah. yeah. yeah it was the World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I was with a couple of the guys who also came back. And obviously I had a massive beard. Um... <laughs> And uh, I was like, should I shave this? I'm not sure. I had a shower anyway. I just started crying. I was oh, just so like yeah. overwhelmed by yeah. it all, and had the longest shower ever. You know, in the, in the movies, you see them and they break down yeah. and they like grab their knees and start crying. It's exactly what I did. Oh, right. I was just sitting yeah. under the shower, like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And uh, yeah. and yeah, and it was the best shower. And then we had like an all-you-can-eat buffet in this yeah. um, in this massive hotel in Kathmandu. Oh, and nice. it was um, insane. I met some really cool people and made mm. some good friends there and, yeah. and stayed. And they were like, oh, we're just going to stay for a couple of days. I was just like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. I've just got to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kicked I actually it. left the next day, yeah. Brilliant. Are you you looking forward to doing it again? I'm really looking forward to it. Like... Like, I'm not, I think it might be a little bit of an ego thing, because I, I was so close, I, I could have definitely done it. And we had good weather then as well, that's the annoying thing about it. I definitely could have done it, 
Um, so that's why I want to do it again. I definitely underestimated it. When you think about climbing Everest, you think of like, you know, ice picks in the snow, vertical climbs, like challenging the ascent, like all the stuff that comes to mind is obviously you've got to do, but which is hard. <laughs> but there's also all the other stuff like, you know, having to piss in a bottle, making sure you have like, the stuff you're describing. Yeah. Those little things or like having to kill time for four days with nothing to do. That's the worst thing. But right. you just, you just, you, 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 it just all builds up, I imagine. I and had it, like nights where I'd, not like fits, but I had a full freak out when we were sleeping at advanced base camp. Mm. It's like 6,400 metres. And so you really, really felt it because you spent days there. I would just be lying on my back, like the tent would be closing on in on me and there was, yeah, yeah. I would just like see things and Fuck. it would be like I was just had a bad trip on mushrooms, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it was it was just bad and you were just like that for days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like on your back, you're just trying to rest and not move to preserve energy. And then, and then obviously you've got to then try and climb some... 80% mountain. <laughs> Which, granted, you're on a Juma, you're on fixed ropes, so it's nothing like K2 or anything, but it, it's just the attitude, the attitude really gets you. Yeah. And there's one thing I've learned, it's fuel. I need to bring the right fuel, so this time, I'm literally just, I'm just going to bring like, what you got in your bag? Oh, just loads of protein. Just like 10 kilos of, of protein, I reckon, will do it. Because it's so easy, just add a little bit of water and then... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, I wish you luck. Um, I'm looking for. I was looking forward to it this year. I didn't know it being cancelled. I kind of. I, it makes sense in a way, but you know, good luck. No, it's going to be. No, thank you. I'm. I'm really. I'm looking forward to it now. It just gives me yeah. like another. Well, well, yeah, when you were up there last yeah. time, I was following you on social media and everything, and you know there were all these epic pictures. Uh, but I didn't know all this stuff. So now I kind of feel like I've got the knowledge of yeah, what you're going idea. through. And I should probably send you some messages and stuff saying, go on, mate, keep going. <laughs> so I guess the question I wanted to ask you, because I'm someone that's quite a novice with these things, is where's your head when you start doing this crazy stuff? When you're looking down a cool while, or when you're, you know, waist deep in power to try and climb somewhere are you jumping out of a plane where's your head when you're thinking through these oh you're going to do a double back off it yeah Kick. um I don't know I just to be honest that's when I'm like completely in, in my element when I'm out doing stuff doing extreme sports mm. um if if I didn't do like I was saying before mm. like it that's having the up yeah. And that's what kind of fights my demons. Yeah. So I have a lot of demons. Yeah. And then when I, while I'm out there, I'm just loving it. Yeah. Kind of going full, full tilt because I'm a, I, this is when I, that's when I feel alive, you know? Mm, mm, mm. That's why I kind of don't really give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I worry about her and other people, but when it comes to myself, I'm, I'm not too fussed. Right. I'm not, I'm not bothered about right. it. So I want to just, do as much as possible now, yeah. you know, yeah, as yeah. fast as possible, as big as possible. Yeah. Because I also know when I come down from there, I'm gonna yeah. be, yeah, like, really low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so like when I'm, I'm literally, I, I just kind of, I'm frothing for that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, because I'm so at peace, I'm just happy. Yeah, this is kind of an outlet. Yeah, yeah. That did, yeah. I just, I mean, some of the stuff I've seen you doing, I'm always a bit like, 
okay, <laughs> that's a little bit dangerous. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, 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 I just, I don't know. I think as I've got older, when I was a kid, I used to like throw myself around, do some stupid stuff. As yeah. I got older, my like rational brain kicks in probably more than I wanted to, if I'm honest. I remember when I, only about a few years ago, I swam out to this, this big cliff jump in the Channel Islands, and it's like called the Stack, and I swam out to it. It's a bit, a bit of a, it's a bit of a swim, and it's so you're kind of tired when you get there, and then like you got to sort of free climb, free climb the rock, and it's, it's not that's really not a fun part because you get halfway up and you're kind of stuck, and <laughs> you don't, 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 don't want to go, <laughs> yeah. don't want to go down, don't want to go up, and you're like, this is terrible. And I finally got to the top and I had a look at the jump. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's just too big. And then this little kid comes up and just like does it. And I'm like, if he's done it, I've got to do it. You know, yeah. like, I was like thinking, you seem to stay in that perpetual zone of like, I can just do this. And I don't know how you get your head to that. <laughs> um, to be fair, like in the park, there's so many good riders in there at the moment and stuff. I'm just like, right, I can do this. I got this. And I do get that, that, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm kick, like, kicks in yeah, I've got right. I've got to do this. I All can right. do this. So I do. Before I was just like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try. But now I kind of, if I see someone do something, I'm like, I could definitely do that. But I just hurt myself too. Because it's like <laughs> the smallest kicker on the planet. Starting to do a cork seven and I've done something to my arm. I've been on it. Is but oh, really. But yeah. this is one thing I have found out, which you can like get fixed. That's just a great thing about it. <laughs> people can fix you so this is why I've had so many operations so much surgery and I'm like stronger than ever right now apart from my my arm you know that's um, you were telling me actually you had um, was it you got like a plate that lifts just fine <laughs> up yeah I've like had severe sciatica and two bulging discs I had to get one of them removed it was so bulging and I, I couldn't sit down probably for like two and a half years so I eventually had the surgery super expensive surgery I went private in, in the UK because I didn't even do the keyhole for it in, in France no way so I had to go somewhere in Brighton and Hove to get it done so yeah they basically my pelvis and like spine was so compressed they had to lift it somehow so they replaced one of the mm. bulging discs mm. with like a titanium disc and then they put in this metal bracket that pushes my spine up and then they drilled it in, drilled it into like my pelvis <laughs> <laughs> just to lift Sorry. it just to lift it up that's mad and it was amazing because when I woke up obviously there's no guarantee you had to sign all these waivers yeah. but I woke up and it had gone like sciatica like gone. it had gone which was oh my goodness it was, it was insane so Competitions. So yeah. you've won the Brits. Now you're going free riding. <laughs> That's back in that was a while now. The Brits, yeah, on the Slope Star, which was awesome. I couldn't believe I won. That was sick. Um, that was when, in that competition, is when I snapped my ACL and crushed my meniscus. I remember I was with I was a couple. Of, I can't remember I was with Ben Ben King, Frankie, and Dano, and that. I remember like duct taping up my knee, just taking like. <laughs> loads of coating and codeine and ketoprofen and then still competing still so what happened i was struggling with my knee it felt bad did my winning final run and then i had another run 
So I think I'd part. I don't know. I think I'd partially torn it maybe before the comp, and then I, I was like struggling, and then when I did my final run, I did double back and cleared the landing. So didn't didn't do don't didn't finish my final run, and that's when I felt snap. So snap then. I was so high off these drugs when they said my name. When they they were giving the awards out, I was just like. What me? <laughs> I still had all my ski boots on and all my stuff, and all these other, all these other, the other crew were there, and they got their jeans on, they've got yeah. their, their sponsors ready, and their skis. I was so organised. I was just like, what <laughs> what's going on? I couldn't believe it. I was, it's, it was one of the, like the proudest moments of my life. Actually, good for you, man. It was, it yeah. was super good. And from then, I was like, right, this is, this is awesome. I'm gonna really like continue and train and become yeah. like a really good freestyle skier. Yeah. Um, I healed from my knee and I snapped my arm racer. On in two sixteen on the on the free ride world qualifier. On the so, free ride, not on so, the park or no, no, that was off piece free ride. That was during that time, um, and then I felt it pop. I knew, I knew I'd done it. So since then, and then so basically, I've just been injury prone, and then I had the the back. So, so I've just been battling injuries since. for someone like you that needs you know what the worst thing that can happen is having nothing to sort of focus on nothing to look forward to yeah just having an empty diary i mean you must go mad right yeah i go i go like fully mad yeah. like if i didn't have, i've got such good friends around me yeah who like check on me all the time yeah. <laughs> i've had some i've had some low days yeah, uh, yeah. i'm not gonna lie about that uh, yeah. i really struggle mm-hmm. like i struggle day to day yeah uh and it's getting worse too yeah but i like i figured like, like, for example, last summer, I was working so much all yeah, the time, yeah. every day, too much. But if, if I can just f- have find a little bit of time for myself, I actually realise, be it having this time, I actually like that. Mm. That's actually when I am my best self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm just kind of, I'm just battling and not winning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you seem to be doing well, mate. Obviously, I feel way better now. That's good. No, I feel That's good. good. That's good. I feel way better now. And how, and for me, like, you know, I think it's great that you talk so openly about it because I think that's part of the everything getting better, not just yourself, but the whole, you know, the whole world healing, if you will. Yeah. We've got to talk about this stuff. And I guess I'm really intrigued because, as I said to you before we started recording, it's like, well, how, you know, your life is so interesting. How do you make, how do you maintain, I'm going to be quite blunt here, how do you maintain revenue? How do you get the money to do all this stuff? How do you, because obviously, if you go off, you can get sponsorship, and yeah. how do you? Because you don't have a a nine to five by, no, any, no. by any stretch of the imagination. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't like. I basically work offshore on super yachts. Yeah, I have done now for the last six years. Yeah, pays really well. Uh, the restaurants we just had, uh, unfortunately, didn't we did really well, but yeah. we got a few things wrong with yeah. COVID, so didn't make any money there. Mm. Um, and I mean I've never really had any debt I'm still in debt from the last Everest trip um, so basically from, from the boats mm, okay. from the super yacht so yeah. I earn really really good cash from yeah. there yeah. that's tax free that's good so that is that is it and the only rent I I pay is, is here yeah in the summer I'll be sleeping in my van alright so you redo the sacrifices you make. Yeah, yeah, totally. And obviously, with having 
so I reckon this summer. Yeah. I didn't. I don't reckon I. I barely put my hand in my pocket. Yeah. Pretty much because the business pays for it, so you do live yeah. off the business. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. looking back at it now, you're like, right, actually. You know, we do really well because we do live off the business. Mm-hmm. But now I like right now, mm. like now yeah. I'm broke. Okay, I, so I don't even need to laugh. I was just like, that would take me by surprise. Right now, like, yeah. I'm, complete, I'm completely broke. I've got no one to turn to to get money. Yeah. I've got holiday payment on the debt from Everest yeah. last time. Uh, yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. I know I've got to go to work. Yeah, yeah. And if Everest wasn't, if I knew it wasn't happening this winter, yeah. I would have gone and worked offshore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, the, my last cent of cash is currently gonna go on my T four, which dies all the time. <laughs> but it's my home for the summer. So, you can't so that's gonna go. They're replacing the parts that's gonna be uh, enable me to drive to the coast on oh, brilliant on Monday, basically. So that I like you being honest about this because it's a hard hard one to deal with. And how do you cope with it? Because for me, I'm living this life you know, where you basically live with the business and then seasonal, so you don't know where the money's coming from half the time. It's a bit of a, it's a ride, man. It is, it is a ride. Like, I don't, like, I don't have any savings. Um, I've got money invested in cryptocurrency, which you never know. In two years' time, I could be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I probably shouldn't say that. Because everyone's going to (laughs) jump. Because everyone's going to try and jump me. Good luck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, I, but I, I worked so, I worked so hard at a young age, and um, obviously being a chef, I've got a skill that I can go yeah. back on. Yeah, yeah. So when I go on the boats, I yeah. work hard, man. And, yeah. Um, so I know that, like now, like right now. Yeah. I need to go back on the boats, mm. and I need to put my head down. Yeah. So this is something I need to factor in. You're living your life, man. Like you're properly doing it. You should be proud, man. Trying. <laughs> trying well we were talking earlier we, about how it's like you push push for freedom and all this stuff and at the end of the day it's like the way you go like, I don't know I'm starting to think oh maybe I just need to slow down I don't know I'm the same I, I think like oh, god do I, all I, I kind of I just want to meet a girl that loves me <laughs> <laughs> all I want is someone to love me yeah. and uh, and then maybe then I'd tone it down a bit yeah obviously never stop skiing and I'm pretty, I'm pretty over skydiving to be honest I get more from skiing a line like I did the other day yeah. than I do from jumping out of an aeroplane. Yeah. The same feeling of jumping out of an aeroplane is going like 160 miles an hour on a, on a superbike. Yeah. It's exactly the same feeling. So you can get that from doing other sports. Well, that amatorish parachute's going to open. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's cheaper just, as well. Exactly. And is, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I'd never stop skiing. That was uh, Dave White there talking about his life in the mountains. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was a really candid discussion about um, what it is to try and be alive, try and do some stuff that keeps your mind sane, keeps your head focused, whatever that may be, um, whether it's pushing yourself to the limits by climbing Everest or having a project or something to focus on. Um, Yeah, and how you can fix your body if you break it. Um, yeah Dave's appetite for risk is 
is very high as you can probably tell do go check out his social media um, and you can follow him uh, on his second attempt to climb Everest he's doing it for a really great cause so I encourage you to follow him and donate to charity if you can and yeah um, thanks again for listening Um, it's been a real pleasure having you here uh, listening to the Tales of the Mountain Um, so until next time take it easy